Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. What a 1.5 UMFM. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Gamer Runs. My name is Neil Noonan alongside whoa, me. Whoa, whoa, cut, cut, cut. No, no. But we're live. No, no, cut, <laughs> cut, stop. What's the deal, man? You know, there wasn't enough energy. I just, I need you to redo the intro. I was just going to say the intro was kind of, it was old. I need you, I need you to just say it with your chest. Okay, let's do this. Yeah, let's right, do this. Right. Go again, go again, go again. <clears throat> go turn it up. Turn up. Yeah. Oh, get it loud, get it loud, get it loud. Oh man. Not oh, again, man. not again. Woo! <laughs> uh. 101.5 UMFM. This is Game of Runs, Neil Noonan in studio live. Cut with my main cut, man. Cut! Are you serious? Cut. This time, okay. Are you serious? Just listen to me. This time, say it like you're a pirate. Arr. Just, <laughs> just try it out. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> get it loud, get it loud. I gotta not hear myself. Oh, gotta get my, oh, my Johnny oh, Depp man. going. Gamer Runs here on 101.5 UMFM. Arg! I don't know what else the pirate says besides arg. Are you ready <laughs> for some basketball talk? We're two minutes in, and this is already a gong show, but it's nice to be live in studio, see the air outside of our homes. And this, see the air, or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's see the air. <laughs> it's just nice seeing your face instead of looking at our screens. True, with this awful Skype quality that we've uh, we've been slumming with. We've bestowed past, upon like, our listeners a couple months. Uh, now everyone's getting that HD stream from the the U of M studio here on Shout campus. Shout out that, that hot 320, those uh, radio frequencies. Radio frequencies definitely aren't 320, but doesn't matter it's better quality it's nice yeah it's and what a great week to be live in studio so i can actually see your face and we could probably have our best episode in months which is yeah not a high bar because <laughs> <laughs> well i mean like the start was already yeah pretty fly in my opinion but man we got okay there's a lot going on <laughs> a whole lot I, i'm gonna set you the scene for you here and i, th- I kind of told you a little bit about this uh while it was happening but i'm at festival de voyager okay uh first night this season i i like to go every year at least once i usually get a yeah. weekend pass just at, or assuming i'm gonna go more than once and i'm out there sunday night went with my girlfriend took the liberty to Record the All-Star game. This nice. is a good boyfriend move, right? Yeah. Uh, go out with uh, her and her friends, and I, yeah, I'll watch the All-Star game. Festival later. du PVR. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, so uh, great night uh, in the crowd, and usually when I'm out, I like to keep my Apple Watch on silent, you know, like yeah. no buzz or anything, but it's a different time of year for NBA fans. You know, you got the Woj tweets on trade alert. Trade season. Yeah, it's trade season, baby. We got like the, we got the Woj tweets on alert. 
so I have my watch going, and this was probably around maybe what nine thirty Central Time here in Winnipeg, Give and. Or take. I started really looking at my watch over and over and over again, and my lovely girlfriend wasn't having it, but I was trying to tell her, I'm like, one of the greatest basketball players on this planet is actually going to be on a different team in a couple of hours, and I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I I really didn't think it was going to be New Orleans to swing a boogie deal, but here we are. We got... Arguably the two greatest big men to uh, to play this basketball game right now, gonna be sporting the same uniform. Was it come tomorrow night? I think. Can I can I get a boogie yell? Oh man, boogie! There you go. There we have oh, it. Oh jeez. So uh, Sacramento Kings, they traded Demarcus Cousins, boogie, one of the most dominant centers in the league, one of those most dominant offensive players in the league. Period. For uh, for what? Well, the big the big hole is the buddy healed pick, or, or oh buddy yeah, yeah, himself, yeah. Right? aka uh, Steph Curry potential. Oh man, that's that's a whole story in itself. But buddy healed, yeah, Tyreek Evans, Langston Galloway, and then a, a a protected, which is unbelievable in its own right, a protected first round pick, a top three protected, and then a second round pick on top of that. Right. Um. So really, just a grab bag of things where. Yeah, people were talking about people were talking about two first round picks for Brooke Lopez last week, and then I mean the Nets were talking about that, but yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that they they got this haul back for Ooh. the best player on the trade market, bar none, uh, is is really kind of unbelievable. What's what's kind of st- I'm sure you're in the same boat as me, where we've kind of devoured every podcast, every write up um, about this trade in the past couple of days. Yeah. I, I think every NBA podcast has had a specific boogie pod now. What sticks out to your mind? What 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 are you still thinking about about this trade? Uh, February sixth, two thousand seventeen. Vladi Divots, uh, close to verbatim. We are not trading Demarcus. We hope he's here for a long time. February uh, three four days ago, <laughs> I, I don't know what day it is. Uh, Demarcus Cousins is traded for, as you said, a grab bag of uh, of you could call them assets for sure. Um, sure, yeah, and uh, it, it's just uh, Boogie said it in his first presser as a New Orleans Pelican today. Uh, today being Wednesday, the twenty second. It's uh, the, the thing that you know haunts him the most is the dishonesty of the trade, and you know this is obviously a very complex situation. Boogie's obviously at fault for a lot of the quote unquote culture there, and uh, Vivek Ranadive, um, in in the Kings release this uh, this morning, basically brought up culture and character and what's right for the organization. Ha! And yeah, yeah, <laughs> how are you going to treat your big man like that? Uh, and and just put him through a roller coaster and then send him away. Like it's just um, the whole ridiculousness of it. Not so much from Boogie's side because I understand he's just he's a tempered player. He's a bully, but he's also one of the most dominant offensive big man. And you got to find a way to work with him. And Dave Yorger, Dave Yeager, 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 Coach Yeager was uh, Coach J was definitely yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave Yeager bombs. Coach Dave, I like that. We know him by Dave. Yeah, Yeah. Um, Coach Dave was actually doing very well with that in that aspect, right? Like it was another coach that Boogie liked. Two out of the eight coaches that actually blended well during this run um, with Boogie as a as a king. 
and 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 now that's gone. So uh, just the whole ridiculousness of the front office, and it all it all adds up to this. And now it's a full reset button for the Kings. That's what stands out to me. What stands out to you? Quick sidebar, shout out to my Instagram fam. Live on Instagram, if you have any questions about the trade deadline or Boogie Cousins, you let us know. Yeah. Uh, Marco Canny, quickly. Is Jorge Garbajosa going to get traded? Uh, Just tell Mark to shut up. No, no. Just kidding. And no. shout out to Ryan Corkle. Uh I'm glad you brought up Viv- uh, Vivek. Because I wanted to kind of start off the show asking you it's a pretty open general question i'm going to give you maybe 30 seconds just so we don't bore, bore our listeners name as many owners as you can vivek ranadive um oh gosh steve balmer nice um maple leaf sports entertainment okay um jerry reinsdorf uh Bulls fan yeah the uh the eden family mallory and uh, and such um who else uh, the Bus family, uh, la, 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 la. Um, the owner of the Saints who owns the Pelicans. I don't recall his name right now. Uh, Benson, I believe. I'm yep. not sure. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, oh god. Uh, the guy from Microsoft who owns the Blazers. Yeah, Balmer. Uh, or sorry, not Balmer. Uh, Paul Allen. Paul Allen. Thank you. Um, You're doing pretty well. Impressive. I actually, I ownership is a whole podcast in, in its own. Um, who else? Uh, Joe Lacob, of course. Uh, where is this all leading to? Yeah, so you didn't prove my point, actually. I thought you were for sure going to say Vivek and James Dolan. Oh, James Dolan. How did I forget that one? Because the, the point James, is, is James, that, like... Hey, sorry, to go back to Mark, James Dolan is the kind of guy that would trade for Jorge Garbajosa. Who, like, viciously broke his leg, like, ten years ago. Yeah, we haven't yeah, yeah, heard yeah. from him since. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, but continue. <laughs> uh, the point I was trying to make is that the the only reason that owners get into the news, for the most part... Controversy. Is because of some sort of controversy, like what's going on with uh, the Knicks, or just general incompetence, which is going on with the Kings. Yeah. You know, and I think we can go down, like, the, all the contenders and the, the teams that have been there for the past decade and just understand that it's such a top-down culture, like most things are, and the success really has to be from the owner down. And when that's not happening... You see these things like the Kings trade. Yeah, right? if you if you asked someone that question who didn't follow basketball, uh, if you asked that to somebody who didn't host a weekly basketball show, I, I, I'd actually think your uh, your point would be taken. You're too smart yeah. for your own good, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, in terms of uh, a question about basketball, but uh, can it, like, like you said, a general incompetence or controversy are two main points that owners. Uh, Some of the best owners are in the background, right? Ballmer is most well-known for his sideline antics, right? He actually, you know, is relatively under the radar as far as controversy and and ownership goes. Uh, Joe Lacob, he makes headlines because he's cocky. Oh, the light years thing was probably the... And that was controversial. That adds to the controversy. Um, But can I I run some Vivek Ranadive transactions and moves during this... Well, uh, if you got him ready to go, man, let's do it. Drafted Jimmer for debt. Huge move. Held on to Jimmer for debt for a couple years. Man, he loves white boy shooters. Oh, who doesn't? Loves them. Uh, drafting Stauskas. Speaking of white boy Stauskas. shooters. Stauskas. Yeah, so, Stauskas. Who? who? Stauskas. Thank you. Ironically, trading him at the right time, but for a bad package in return to the Sixers. And a fr- they traded him and a first round pick. Yes, which is a whole other story. Um, drafting uh, Thomas Robinson. 
who wasn't fifth overall. Yeah, fifth overall over over some studs. Uh, drafting Ben McLemore after he fell six spots from his projected position. After numerous reports that Ben McLemore is probably you should probably stay away from him um, because he he doesn't have the potential of others. Drafting other numerous shooting guards, which conveniently they don't have uh, very good shooting guard depth. Uh, drafting Isaiah Thomas for nothing, um, and then dealing away Isaiah Thomas for not much in return. Uh, trading Marquise Chris for the 13th pick, which became Georgios Papianis, uh, Scalabissier, and the rights to Bogdan Bogdanovich. And, oh, I'm still going here. Um, releasing Coach Malone in the place of a post-cancer Carl. Uh, releasing to pull the trigger on firing George Carl. Bringing Chris Mullen and Pete D'Alessandro in the front office. And shout-outs to uh, King's uh, subreddit for actually giving me all these facts. Uh, Reddit user Yopi told me, uh, both 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 deserve the snake badge in 2K. Word. D'Alessandro and Mullen. Word. Uh, because we got tons of leaks uh, yeah. during that time. That was a tumultuous season for the Kings. Uh, giving an unnecessary player option to Rudy Gay. Publicly coming out in the media and speaking about cousins, Carl, coaches, and... Uh, other stuff that should be in house trying to make his uh, tech dreams come true uh, this is more uh, opinionated on their side but uh, Rene Diva is a tech enthusiast and he, and he wants to incorporate that tech into uh, basketball and uh, also tra- uh, waiting so long to trade uh, Cousins and then trading him for not an ideal package in return and uh, what is said by Yopi uh, Reddit user the worst thing he has done is allow his daughter to do halftime shows <laughs> That's mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, there's some more draft misses. Thomas Robinson over Damian Lillard. Jimmy Fredette over Clay Thompson, Kawhi Landry, and Kemba Walker. Nick Stauskas, period. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, a little more particular on that trade. The rights to Alex Okari, which is a name I haven't heard, I think, possibly ever. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. Plus a trade exception. So... Um, a first-round protected pick for three months of J.J. Hickson. Should I keep going, or do you get the point? Willie Cauley-Stein. Willie Cauley-Stein, who hasn't gotten minutes. When they had a bunch of centers. And you mentioned that first trade uh, with uh, Stauskas. The reason they made that trade was to make room to sign another center, Costa Kufos. Yeah. Bring in Rajon Rondo. Yeah. And then Marco Bellinelli, who they actually traded for another first-round pick, which is... I mean, probably one of their best moves in the past. To be fair, years. yeah. To be fair, I I brought the low lights out. Oh, what, uh, there's not many highlights. To be honest, True. I think I just mentioned the one, and that list is just so glaring. And it really is like first they've they've had a bunch of different people trying to make decisions, right? And then yeah. Vivek, uh, he is the majority owner, and the last the last word is always going to be his. And he flops his mind around just as much as Vlade. And yep. the fact that they went out, I think it was Friday, and uh, Divox came out and said, like, we're not trading Boogie. And then everything kind of switched throughout the weekend and back and forth and back and forth. And you mentioned that Boogie was like, the one thing that really bothered him was just the lying the entire time and just yep. them not being truthful. And... Hell yeah, of course that would be the thing. Like, he's going to be playing probably on a better team. Yeah, you know, that, uh, I agree. Uh, he's probably excited just to go to New Orleans. As much as he really loved the city of Sacramento, it, like, the outpouring of, like, the community and his love for them right back was actually kind of touching. But 
Yeah, that's a second home for Boogie. That's one of the bigger factors that, you know, he may have had a temper. He may have been a loose cannon at times. But he was also the you know the most dominant big man in the league, and he truly, deeply, uh, honestly cared about the community. And he 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 doesn't do charitable uh, char- charitable acts. He doesn't do his philanthropy for PR, which it, a no. lot a lot of his philanthropy does fly under the radar. A lot of people didn't know about it yeah. in general, right? And I mean, I think the NBA is pretty good at that as with across the board with a lot of players but coming from Boogie who's the, the big bad guy in the league right getting all the technical fouls uh, in the world uh, just <laughs> sounds like a lot, a lot of his players really enjoyed him yeah uh, to him for him the duke that kind of stuff uh, Sacramento was definitely going to miss him but going back to the front office of the Kings they should be embarrassed i can't imagine how anybody would want to go play for them, you know? And as much as they've kind of, or they want to strip down the roster now and just start over with Buddy Heald, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, find some draft picks. Whoa, 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 you forgot about the longest tenured king on the roster. Anthony Tolliver? Ben McLemore. Oh, are you serious? He's the longest that's tenured crazy. king on the roster. Wow, dropping knowledge. That's ridiculous. Drafted in 2013. That's crazy, man. Yeah, time so flies. Time does fly. Time flies. A but quick, very quick uh, thank you to uh, Reddit users Yopi, Page of Prodigy 21, Hacksaw Ben Thuggin, uh, Royal Kangs, and Jedi Master Jeff for uh, for all that help. Incredible names. Yeah. Uh, Hacksaw Ben Thuggin uh, is, is a nice wrestling reference. Shouts to Loose Ropes. Anyways, um, one, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up to you is that uh, Vladi Divots said in the media, I had a better deal two days ago. Isn't that, like, just a bad thing to say in the media in general? That's what those Celtics say after the deadline. Be like, oh, yeah, we had tons of stuff lined up, you know, just yeah. really never pulled the trigger. Like, we're allegedly... You're not, you're not saving face. You're making it worse. Yeah, and allegedly, uh, the, if you want to believe the rumors and innuendo, the, the reports are that the Celtics would not be willing to include Terry Rozier as part of your deal. Listen, man, if there's a chance that you could get Boogie or Butler or Paul George, or whoever, you got to let Terry Rozier go. I like Terry Rozier. I think he played great against the Warriors. I've only seen him play, like, as many times as I've seen the Celtics play, but uh, which is under 10 times. But uh, if, if that's the player holding on to, like, you have so many assets, you got to let it fly. And, uh, and that may be one of the—we're going to get to the uh, Lakers' ownership a little later, but that may be one reason why that, there was a shakeup on that aspect, because— you know, certain teams lost out on the boogie sweepstakes, and if the if the prices weren't that high, like you should maybe add a little more. You're still instead of getting uh, a fifty cents on the dollar, you you could offer seventy five cents on the dollar, right? The Celtics are in such a good position that they could have offered more. Yeah, no doubt. It's uh... yeah. Uh, some some after uh, some aftermath of this, the King subreddit actually rebranded to the Lion King subreddit. Nice for twenty four hours. Because they just refused to talk about the Kings trade, uh, about the boogie trade. So it started off with, if this post gets a thousand upvotes, this sub will be dedicated to all things Lion King. And then there was a game thread about the Lion King rematch or rewatch. Uh, Don't let boogie getting traded to the Pelicans distract you from the fact that Scar blew a thousand hyena lead to a pride of lions. And somebody posted Hakuna Matata. Uh, so you added a Lion King, uh, Lion King flair, so, so you could have that beside your. That's name. where the Kings fans are at now. Yeah, they they from some Donald Glover uh, discussion in there they've, too. They've just moved to Lion King. Oh man, that's how bad it is. It's 
No, I mean, I, but can you even feel bad? Not for the fans. I mean, like you gotta feel bad for the fans. But like the Kings in general, they've they've made themselves, they've made their bed, so to speak. Yeah. Right, and uh, they're not going to be good for the foreseeable future. Like, is these picks that they got aren't going to be anything special? No. Um, Windhorse and Lowe talked about this, but like when you trade one of your star players mid-season and you get a returning draft pick, that draft pick's just going to get worse and worse because you gave that team one of your best, if not your best player. Yeah. That Pelicans pick's going to get worse as it goes along, right? So. Tons of things to talk about, and there's millions of trades that probably could have happened, and I think it's really telling the fact that they got what they did because there's so many teams that could have put together a better package that didn't. Yeah, and and there's possible various reasons why, right? Like maybe they don't don't want to touch Boogie because of his temperament, or maybe the... Who knows, right? Now, on the floor... You said you said it. The Kings are going to be pretty bad for the foreseeable future. Um, Vivek Ranadivi, we mentioned earlier. Maybe now they should play four and five. Yeah, maybe they give should it a try. Yeah, buy into uh, Vivek's. Uh, Let Buddy Hill uh, cherry pick the entire time. Averages thirty points per game. That's how he becomes the next Steph Curry, right? Yeah. So Vivek yeah, has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe they're onto something there. Vivek was the only, uh, reportedly, the only owner present at uh, the pro day for uh, Buddy Hill's draft class. <laughs> So he was he, he's Such honestly a fan. <laughs> yeah he honestly believes uh, he has Steph Curry potential which I I truly honestly hope that Buddy Heald uh, does grow into be a, a incredibly talented player right sure I, I want him to be an absolute uh, wonderful uh, player all the best for Buddy yes but uh, on the floor it's going to be a shit show for a while uh, on the, on the floor for, for, it already has been it's yeah. going to get even actually I mean people are saying they might play even better now yeah who knows it might be Ewing theory who knows right, right? Yeah. um but. Moving to the other side, if you're the Pelicans, you had to pull this deal. You yes. had to for oh, that price, hundred percent. Yeah, and both guys, both teams, actually have just kind of been treading water, trying to surround their uh, all-world bigs with talent. Yeah, right. Both Davis, both Cousins. Like the the narrative's kind of been the same for either of them. Just like, oh yeah, when these guys get a team around them, they're going to be oh, watch out, yeah. right? And we we saw that kind of blip on the radar when the Pelicans were all healthy and they got to that eight spot. And, yeah, they got swept, but they still kind of put up a really good fight. And now, matching them together, which is something I don't know about you, I never would have thought of in a million years. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I don't know who brought it up. I think it was a win horse. Uh, zigging when everyone else is zagging, right? Sure, yeah, with, go big, right? Yeah, we brought, it, uh, we brought it up when the Spurs started playing big again, right? So, Boogie and AD are the only players to average 20 points and 10 rebounds for the last four seasons. And you had a chance to play as them in 2K and really get a feel for oh, it. I had to do it. So how much high-low were you running? What offense were you doing? Uh, was your pick-and-pop going? Was your pick-and-roll going? What What do you think the Pelicans are going to do? Yeah, super interesting. I, I had to fire up the old 2K machine and actually just play this out and see what it's like. First off, uh, the biggest thing was playing through Boogie was very evident. And I, I didn't really change much to the first couple of games. I just played as... They are. Yeah. And it was very much playing through Boogie and AD kind of cleaning up the garbage, right? A little bit of high-low. I think Cousins is going to basically demand the paint to be his, Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, they can both pick and pop. They can both kind of shoot. But I really do think that Cousins becomes the focal point, and Anthony Davis is going to be smart enough to kind of play around him, so to speak. 
a lot of people are kind of bringing up Alvin Gentry and how he's part of the just the growing of the seven seconds or less offense being there with the Suns back in the day and stuff. I I think he's also smart enough to kind of make it work. You know, yeah, I don't yeah, okay, I don't yeah. think I don't think they're gonna kind of start like destroying teams, but. I really do think that this is going to work. It's it's a huge talent play on uh, on their end, and I mentioned to you when I was playing with them because the the natural subbing patterns uh, when I was playing in two K was that they were both out of the game at various times for three or four minutes at a time. There's no way Gentry should fall into that hole. One of those guys should be on the court at all times. Fully, absolutely. And people have talked about the KD and uh, Durant thing, and that was a big reason why uh, Coach got fired. Now he's in Washington. But uh, Scotty Brooks, like, he's kind of come out and said that. Like, he knew what was going on. He's just there was reasons why he had them out at certain times. Whatever it is. Same kind of thing. They got to have one of those guys on the floor at all times. There's no reason not to, you know. Uh, I still think they're going to do great. It's... uh, it's going to be really interesting to see that fight for the eighth spot because Denver is not uh, bowing down at all. No, they're not. Um, we, uh, we we had to speak a whole 25 minutes on that, so uh, we got to get moving. Um, for the Lakers, Mitch Kubchak and Jim Buss are out. Magic. Magic Johnson. The Magic Johnson. Irvin. Yeah. And uh, Rob Palinka. If you don't know who Rob Palinka is, just know him as Kobe Bryant's former agent. Or uh, possibly all you need to cur- say, right? currently yeah. uh, current agent. All you need to say. Um, so not only is the former agent uh, of Kobe Bryant the GM, he's also currently actually uh, the agent for James Harden, Eric Gordon, and Avery Bradley, and about uh, fifteen to twenty more NBA athletes. So when a when a player agent accepts a front office position, uh, you know, similar to Arn Tellum of the Pistons, I believe, or um, Bob Myers of the Warriors you have to leave that agency. So there's going to be a little bit of a uh, of a period uh, getting... You know, what a time, too, during like, the trade deadline. Yeah, during the trade deadline, uh, he's he's changing his uh, you know whole new career trajectory. And uh, Magic Johnson, being the president of basketball operations now, quick trigger trading for Lou Williams... or trading away Lou Williams for Corey Brewer and a first-round pick from the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Fully embracing tank mode. Uh, because anyone that trades for Corey Brewer in 2017 is on the tank, yeah, for sure. you got to get that pick, right? Yeah. you got to get that pick. So, uh, from Houston's aspect, they get another shooter, a bench score, and Lou Williams. Good move. And a, oh, great yeah. move. I think yeah. it was a great move from both sides. Yeah, and uh, as you said, great move on both sides because uh, Lou Williams, extra bench scoring, that team is offensively driven, and for the Lakers, get that pick, embrace the tank, worst team overall. Um, someone did some numbers digging on Reddit. Lou Williams is actually second in offensive real plus minus, second in real plus minus, and fifth in real plus minus wins no. for shooting guards. Um, first being James Harden for all of that because he is the quintessential. He's still considered a shooting guard, even though he's a point guard. Anyways, regardless, um, or irregardless, as I started using that fake word now. I love words, man. <laughs> um, good trade overall, right? And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Magic Johnson fares. There's been a rumor that came out that he's pushing for Paul George. And there's, you know, uh, there's a, been a report that uh, by Adrian Rojanowski that the Pacers have been, quote-unquote, assessing the market 
on Paul George? Assessing. Assessing the market. Love it. Sounds so analytical. That means answering the phones. Yeah, pretty much. Just, you know, feeling things out. And, uh, you know, I, I started getting on some uh, conspiracy-level stuff. There's been some inconspicuous levels of, uh, of emoji usage. And, uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas tweeted out an hourglass. And, you know, an hourglass is eerily similar to the new PG-1. Uh, on the PG-1, if you switch uh, Paul George's logo to the side, it looks a lot like an hourglass <laughs> emoji. It looks a lot like an hourglass emoji. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And then, he, as you said, you told me this. He he sent a winking face to someone. Uh, apparently, a drumming or something. I'm not even sure. So, like trade rumors are are damn crazy right now. Um, I, I went on the trade machine and I started putting some stuff together. And uh, I'm, I'm curious, would you rather have Paul George or Jimmy Butler? If I'm the Celtics or if I'm a team in general. If you're in the Celtics. Great question, and it's definitely something I wrote down to ask you as well, because I think it's it's really worth talking about, and it sounds like they're going to have a, a very similar package to throw to either of them, and it's it's definitely going to begin and end with that Brooklyn pick this year. Yeah, I, I think both teams, it's like it, it that's got to be in the deal, and then whoever else, uh, I know Celtics really love Jalen Brown, which is which is fair, but they do have kind of a logjam at that 2-3 spot, right? Like, they got Crowder, they got Bradley, they got Smart, and then Jalen Brown. You got those four guys. Yeah. Uh, Whether it's two of them, whether it's somebody else for filler kind of thing, I think it's uh, a couple of those guys in that pick. Yeah. Now, going forward, I love the angle that a lot of of smart people talk about uh, when making these trades or talking about them is the goal is to beat Cleveland. Duh. It yeah. sounds so easy, but what? Which one of those guys is going to help you beat Cleveland? I really think it's Paul George. Okay, you know, I th- I think Paul George is a much better defender uh, than Jimmy Butler, especially on LeBron in particular. I think just the the length and the speed, just being able to keep up with him, um, he could play him at the four kind of thing. And Jimmy Butler, still great defender. They're they're actually very similar players in that respect where they're yep. they're utility right threes. Up, exactly. They're right up there in the best uh both or uh, both end of the floor wings. But I really think Butler would be the prize. Uh or sorry, I really think George would be the prize, but I feel like Butler's more available. You know? So yeah, no, it, I agree with that. It's it's tough if I'm the Celtics. I How about this? It's George first, Butler second. If you're the Pacers, uh, let's do some role play. You're the Pacers front office. Sure. And I'm I calling you Bird. Ring, ring. Answer the phone. Ring, ring. Hello. Hey, how are you? What? Okay. <laughs> I got this. I got this. I got this deal for you. Amir Johnson, Jay Crowder, Ugh. Terry Rozier, and the Nets pick for Paul George. This year's pick. This year's pick. For Paul George. Amir Johnson, Jay Crowder, Terry Rozier, and the Nets pick. I like Rozier. That's interesting. Okay. I still kind of want Avery Bradley. Ooh, okay, okay. And side note, outside of this talk, I'm kind of glad you didn't ask for Jalen Brown. I'm very happy you didn't ask for Jalen Brown yet. So I'm thinking, hmm, how about I take out Terry Rozier Add in Avery Bradley, and you send me back. You have Monte. No. No? You want Stucky <laughs> instead? 
possibly. There's be. not a lot of assets going on. Do you still have CJ Miles? Is CJ Miles still around? I think so. I don't know what other TVs. Paul on. George and CJ Miles for Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, Amir Johnson, and the Nets pick. We're definitely talking. Okay, okay, definitely we're talking. talking. Let's say the Lakers call you. Okay. Ring, ring. Yeah. Sup. Uh, uh, hello. Brandon Ingram. Oh, now I'm magic. Yeah. <laughs> so I have two. Uh, how about this? Luol Deng, Julius Randle, and if we keep our top three pick, we'll give you the top three pick. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's big, eh? Julius so, Randle, top three pick, yeah. and, and Luol Deng. Yeah, I'm taking it from the Lakers 100%. If I get a top three pick... And but not the, you're not going to take the Nets pick? Two from? young studs. In this kind of draft, if I'm getting Ingram and Randall back, plus I get to pick... How, how about this? In this draft? So That's incredible value. Would the, would, the, would the true gift pack be Ingram, Clarkson, Randall for Paul George? Would you do it without a pick? Ingram, Clarkson, Randall? Because that uh, works. That's super interesting, yeah. Because, I mean, like, you generally want to be able to pick your own player, especially in this kind of draft where a lot of people are talking about franchise guys, like, yeah. all over the top seven or so. I think that pick is super enticing. That's why I think this Paul George thing could definitely be done at the draft. Why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you, know, and you would know if the Lakers have the pick at that time as And well. that's what a lot of people were talking about with the DeMarcus thing. I know Brian Windhorst was pretty upset about this on uh, the Zach Lowe pod where he's saying this this deal doesn't do anything but get better if you keep it until June, right? You know where that pick's going to land. The value's still going to be there for Buddy Heald, hopefully, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe it can even squeeze out a little more. So I think it's the same kind of thing where uh, a Paul George trade at the draft when you know if the Lakers got that pick or if you know if the Celtics actually have that number one pick. So much more valuable. Right? Yeah, once you the once, once the pick is actualized, it becomes way more valuable. And then one hundred percent. And then it's it's a new car syndrome after you pick a player. As soon as you drive it off the lot, as soon as you draft the player, it's not as valuable as when the pick was actualized. But if you have that number of where the pick stands, that is very 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 valuable. So the, yeah, I think the uh, very foundation of this entire converse, conversation is the Celtics should not be picking this pick. Yeah, this is this is their chance to swing for the fences and get one of these two guys, which should I'm they? glad they're doing this. Yeah, because what's their timeline? Who are their best players? Name I, their top five best players. They're all 25. From my perspective, above. from my perspective, the Celtics are just kind of enjoying the ride until the new generation like rolls in. But who's it? Who's on their roster besides Jalen Brown? That's in this new generation. Like they have a they have a roster ready to win now. Well, I mean, uh, Bradley's only 25. Uh, Crowder's only 26, 27. You'll probably let go of him and Isaiah Thomas and Horford when it's gone. Like those are their three current guys, right? Right. And, and you you could keep Bradley. You could keep Smart. You could keep Rozier. You could keep Brown. And then let's see you draft faults. Then you have a starting core of a new wave, right? Okay. Well, I I think that's a completely different line of thinking than what I imagine they're talking about internally. Like I, they're, oh yeah, they're second yeah. in the East for sure. You know, they have all the assets in the world ready to swing for one of the best players in the league. Yeah. And then Cleveland looks like they're just lingering kind of thing with LeBron playing the best ones. I mean, this has been talked to death, right, on every single basketball show on earth. But now's the time. And say you do get Markel Fultz or whatever, like he's not going to be his ultimate potential for at least three to four years. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But as you said, it's it's an ever it's an ongoing debate. And someone tweeted it today, but it adds to LeBron's legacy that 
teams aren't willing to trade for a top 15 player in the league because they're unsure if that could even dethrone King James. No doubt. Best They're, player of all time. Yeah, and and that, that adds to LeBron's oh, legacy. Did you watch that video I sent you yesterday? I bookmarked it. I haven't oh, watched it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Top so 100 dunks? Maximilian771, uh, one of the greatest NBA YouTubers, I think, online. And uh, he just posted LeBron James' greatest 100 or best 100 dunks he's ever made. It's some of the great, greatest 10 minutes I've ever had in my life, just staring at my computer screen. So athletic. Like, in awe. And, uh, yeah, like it, when I'm watching that, I mean, it's easy, just recency bias, but, like, greatest player of all time. But you're right. It's, it's the ongoing debate of should you, should you dethrone, should you try and dethrone LeBron, or should you wait it out? And I think my perspective was ride this wave as the second best team in the East and let the new, new generation take over. But also, at the same time, your perspective is very true, and it's similar to the, what the Raptors did. If you're in the playoffs and you're the second, third, fourth seed, add that extra player and the dethrone them. The window's cracked open, Go, man. go the now. The window is cracked open. And the, the Raptors... The Raptors have a much easier discussion about this, right? Because mm-hmm. they do, they're do they not sitting on a, a pile of assets. They have some, but yeah, right? not a lot. No, and, not a lot. and they kind of put in what they had, a little bit at least, to get... Uh, to get Serge Ibaka, and it's actually crazy thinking about it now how Valanchunas was tossed around for Drummond and Boogie and stuff like that, but whatever, that's just old rumors now. But the Celtics do have a little bit of a two-path discussion going on where, yes, they can do exactly what you're saying, and then they can mortgage for the future, make this pick, make the pick in 2019, and then absolutely they're going to have a one hell of a roster growing up, or... All the chips in the middle, they make that trade, if they can, for um, for Butler or for George, and really challenge the Cavs. Yeah, no, you know? good point. Yeah. like, a lot of really smart people talking about the, the window of opportunity in the NBA. And yes, King James is like the ultimate big boss, but you have to try and fit through that window if you have any remote chance. Like, even if it's a 5, 10, 15% chance... Um, you kind of do have to just go for it because you're not going to be there uh, all the time, right? So I, I really do hope that they're adding that pick in there for either Butler or George because I feel like now's the time. I feel like now would be a really good time, a really good year to kind of put the chips in the middle and say, let's go, LeBron. Let's do this. I agree. Let's talk some Brooklyn Nets. Oh, God. Okay, Bojan? <laughs> Bojan Bogdanovich. Moves from Brooklyn to Washington. So the package was Bojan Bogdanovic, Chris McCullough, not Todd McCullough. Shoutouts to Todd McCullough. Right. True Winnipegger. Um, for Andrew Nicholson, Marcus Thornton, and a 2017 first-round pick. So obviously the Brooklyn Nets getting a draft pick this year, uh, as the Nets have theirs. And uh, Washington looking to add a little bit more to their team, a little more shooting off the bench. Pretty logical deal for both sides. Yeah, no doubt. I think this is almost uh, exact replica of the Lou Will exactly Clarker. the yep. U, uh, the Lou Will Houston deal, right? And I bet you it was a very similar package that Washington had to offer for Lou Will. It sounded like a, there was a few teams willing to give up a first round pick for uh, Lou Will, and all these teams that not all these teams, but there's probably about four or five teams in each conference that are kind of gearing up for the playoffs right now, just looking for any help they can get. Mm-hmm willing to deal their first round pick which will probably be like in the back half at least uh probably in the like 20 and above 
Yeah, good deal for both teams. Uh, the Nets are always looking for picks, right? And if they can get a first-round pick for a rotation player who's having a pretty decent year, like I just kind of checked out his basketball reference today. Yeah, offensively, for, for he's... the first time ever. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, when you can get a deal that works both ways, good for them. Uh, Sean Marks has really done a good job with this uh, Nets team, and Brooke Lopez is still looming, right? Like, True. I, I doubt they're going to get two firsts, but if they can get another first and maybe even a second uh, for Brooke, then they've done a really, really good job for really having nothing in the covers to, like, making something out of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, you've actually tried to lead the Nets to a championship on 2K. It's tough, man. Yeah. Oh, and my that was, goodness, it's tough. I'm pretty sure that was the first time you were ever stumped on 2K, where, like, you got to, like, the conference finals or something, and you still can win, just right? win. I drafted Dennis Smith, you know, he became a franchise player and everything, but, like, they really just had zero assets for so long. Yeah, it took, <laughs> it took you, like, five years to actually get somewhere. Um, hey, did you know what was uh, this weekend, this past weekend? What? I don't know. There was this big party in New Orleans. Oh, it was Mardi Gras. Oh, nice. You're Mardi. funny. You're yeah, funny. I'm, I'm a doll. Um, <laughs> I actually thought we were going to go this whole pod without talking about it. Yeah, well, we have only five minutes to talk about it. So, uh, skills comp, Kristaps Porzingis taking it. Was that a pleasant surprise? Uh, no, I I really kind of wanted Isaiah Thomas in the finals, but uh, Gordon Hayward, who's neither a big or a small, decided to uh, squeeze by. That shot's everything, hey? Oh, the three-point shot is the make or break. It's everything, and uh, the bigs take it again. And it's it sounds really sad, but I think that might have been one of the high points of the weekend. I fully agree. The poor Zing God actually winning it out. That was one of the high points, and I agree with you. The Hayward-Zinger final was actually really crisp. Uh, There were a couple of rounds before the final, uh, before Hayward and Porzingis actually met up, that they were just chucking, uh, like... Oh, some of the passes were bad. Jokic could not get it in... uh, yeah, it was it was tough, but I but the zinger pull up three to win it. Oh, that was cool. Oh, it, it looks so good. Yeah, I yeah. I love the big versus small thing. I hope they continue to do that. And the bigs, man, looking for the trifecta next year. Absolutely, three point comp. Oh my, so sad. So very so sad. sad. Not a good shooting year. Not at all. Like across the board, uh, we had I think two or three performances over twenty. Yeah, so Wes had an awful run. Swaggy P, at least he wasn't last. Lowry couldn't break double digits. Lowry, yeah. Kyrie, uh, his jump shot was as flat as the earth was. Oh, of course. You saw all those jokes going. Oh, man. I, I remember like writing a tweet, and I'm just like, there's no way that there's not hundreds of the same tweet. Going I saw you right retweet <laughs> maybe 15 of them, and I was just like, this is... Yeah, the, the internet's collectively on a wave. Of course, right? Everyone was waiting for it. Yeah, really disappointing, especially not having Clay in the finals. He was one point short of making the finals. Yeah, it, it's really too bad. But you know what? Uh, I kind of had this uh, discussion with my family over the weekend saying that, like, All-Star Weekend is full of potential. Full of potential. And when it's actually, like... Met kind of like last year. Last year was like last year was one of the best. In one a of while. the best by far. Um, when it's when the potential is met, it's an incredible weekend. Tons to talk about, and it's and it's really exciting to watch front to back. When it's a um, throwaway year like this, yeah, yeah. When it's when it's a season like this, uh, when it's a weekend like this, uh, which really has nothing to do with anything but just the the performances were lackluster, right? Yeah. Uh, that it, it really is tough to watch. So like Clay doesn't get into the finals. The finals is uh, whatever. Uh, right afterwards, they tried to raise the five hundred thousand dollars for 
Sacred Strong. For, for Sacred Strong, which was awesome. I think that was actually, despite everyone missing shots, was one of the high points of the weekend, too. That was easily one of the highest points of the All-Star weekend. Shouts to DJ Khaled banking in a three. Oh, he did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he went one for four or something. And yeah. uh, shouts to Steph for trying to hit a half-court shot. He had about Ooh. eight or nine attempts, and uh, you know it's hard to make that shot in jeans. Man, and he said, he's, he's like, I got it in one. Here it is. Yeah, I thought for sure in three he would get it, but uh, it was too bad. Credits to him for putting himself out there because he's yeah. he's one of the most he was one of the most entertaining parts of the All Star Weekend in the game. He was self deprecating uh, during the half court shot. He put his ego on the line there. Like he's truly a selfless dude. So props to Curry for actually doing that. No doubt. Um, the performance, uh, Khaled, Fat Joe, and I believe Remy uh, performed all the way up. And uh, only point from this thing is that. Uh, Khaled kept uh, shouting out Miami, Miami, and, and just like it, and no, uh, it was very, uh, it was very fitting that he was nowhere near Miami, and uh, the crowd even went quiet after he said Miami for the third time in a row, and was just kind of confused. Anyways, dunk competition, kind of <laughs> underwhelming, uh, almost nothing to talk about uh, except. What was your favorite dunk? Aaron Gordon missing the uh, the the drone. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite dunk because the fact that he tried to open up with that and the Star Wars theme was going while the drone was flying down, that was my favorite part. Um, the best dunk? who I don't know. Derrick Jones Jr. just got assigned to the D-League today again. Uh, him dunking over wah, four people wah. was... Yeah. Uh, there were no real standout dunks this year. Him and Robinson did the exact same dunk over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Derrick Jones Jr. dunking over people and then... Uh, Glenn Robinson dunking and then grabbing it at his waist and then putting it up. Yeah, and my favorite dunk was probably the the most different dunk out of all of them was off the side of the backboard for uh, Derek Jones. That was the best one. I agree. Yeah, that yep. that was nasty. That pass from uh, D Book. Uh, that was nasty. Yeah. I did you not expect the drone pass for him to catch it mid air? I thought that would have been way better, but after I saw uh, he posted on Instagram what the actual dunk would be, and I was like, you know what. I would have given that a 50 anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, all-star game, you know, there was some cool stuff here and there. Um, we already spoke about the DeMarcus Cousins stuff that broke during the game, kind of. Uh, there, there were, you know, Steph Curry lying on the floor was pretty funny. Steph Curry and Isaiah Thomas dunking was pretty funny. Um, but then he did incentivize this, this game. It, make it like $1.5 million to the winning uh, coaching staff and players i didn't watch this game uh front to back but i i watched like the 20 minute highlight thing in the morning that's probably much better it, it was great yeah and i kind of liked where they got to this year where usually there's no defense this year they were actually inviting people to score it was incredible. Like they broke so many records, like oh. as far as like assists and threes and dunks and everything. Anthony Davis played like Wilt Chamberlain. Like he actually just caught everything at the rim and dunked it. Yeah, out. yeah. And everyone was shooting within four or five seconds. Uh, there was just bomb after bomb out of from out of bounds to to the other end of the key. Uh, the, but it was kind of entertaining at the same time. And mind you, I didn't watch the entire two-hour production of this. So. Yes, I'm sure it was a great 20-minute uh, super <laughs> was, cut. Yeah, yeah, it was a great but super cut. The yeah, two and yeah. a half hours I spent, eh, I, I could have gone without it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the West won 192-182. And uh, with that said, uh, we're pretty much out of here. Uh, we had a whole lot to talk about, and uh, we have a little more to talk about with our uh, with our buddy Adam. Yeah, lots going on in uh, Manitoba, as always. Yeah. That was quote-unquote yeah. uh, Adam Woodlake. But actually, 
Actually, though, there's some uh, really cool initiatives uh, that happened this week going on tonight as well. And then we got some home teams actually playing in the Final Four uh, in Canada West this weekend. Uh, the Bisons out in UBC. Uh, the Westman out. Which was, uh, it was an absolute joy to call the Bison season. Yeah, no doubt. So thank you to uh, Bison Sports for having us. Yeah, it was ton of, tons of fun. Both Westman teams playing uh, tomorrow night as well. So uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, in this uh, call with uh, Mr. Adam Wedlake. We'll be back uh, next week uh, kind of talking about uh, the Paul George trade and uh, the Butler trade. No, I'm just kidding. It'll only be one of them. But <laughs> hey, come on. Here's Adam Wedlake of Basketball Manitoba. We'll catch you next week. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> sound like a wild animal. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, Adam. How are you? I'm doing well. How are things? Things are good. We're actually live in studio for the first time in a long time. It's been a while, yeah. yeah. You guys got, uh, took, te- took advantage of technology then got lazy. That's Whoa, true. Yeah. That is true. The, the, <laughs> we are lazy people. There's no getting around that. <laughs> reading week is glorious, and what a time uh, to actually be live in studio. It's uh, it's currently uh, right now, so I, I typically have class at this moment, so it's great to be a free man. For, for a bum like me, every week is reading week. So, <laughs> so what's up, Adam? Well, it's uh, busy, busy times, of course, with basketball. But um, heading into this weekend, there was a good uh, uh, some outcomes from the Can West playoffs. Uh, you guys were probably at some of that. Uh, both the uh, Westman and Bison men's basketball teams uh, won their opening playoff series. Uh, Brandy University, unfortunately, did not. They went to three games and lost that deciding game. But uh, both the Westman and Bison men's are still alive. Uh, Westman are on. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like a wild animal. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> hey. Sorry, on Saturday, uh, locally the Westman women they had a week off the first uh, opening weekend of the Canwest playoffs. They're hosting Victoria uh, this weekend. Uh, they have they as well start up tomorrow Thursday, uh, go Friday, and then if necessary Saturday. That's at the Duckworth Center. Um, the times of those games again, you can head to our website for those times or the Canwest uh, basketball website to see all that. Uh, so that's the big stuff that's happening sort of in the short term with uh, March Madness just on our on our doorstep right now. Uh, but uh, just switching topics a little bit, just with some uh, different or sort of more special things that have happened the last uh, 10 days or so. Um, uh, Neil, you know the uh, uh, one of your co- or, uh, fellow students at uh, Red River ran uh, her Girls Got, Girls Got Game basketball camp uh, this past Monday on Louis Real Day. At, uh, at Red River College, and uh, it was the uh, first time that's been offered. It was targeted to 10, 11, 12-year-old uh, girls, uh, most of them first time playing with basket- playing the sport of basketball, and um, uh, hats off to Christine Ahrens, who uh, took that on as a project at Red River and had about uh, 40 young girls out on the day. Uh, like I said, majority of them had not played basketball before, and it was actually uh, about 10 are actually just recent Syrian immigrants that uh, are part of a new Canadian basketball, or sorry, new Canadian sport program, and, and they were able to get those uh, young girls, uh, most of them had never played basketball before, and uh, out on the court and, and give them a little taste of some uh, basketball Canadian style. So that was uh, that was really neat, and, and again, hats off to Christine for uh, taking that initiative on. Uh, the other thing that happened this last weekend, which was a little unique um, with the uh, the uh, holiday weekend was um, the Boys and Girls Club of Winnipeg. Uh, this is their this was their fifth year in hosting an open free tournament to uh, a bunch of teams uh, at the roughly about 11, 12, 13, 14 year olds uh, this uh, last weekend. And what uh, 
uh, peaked it off uh, after the tournament was done. They put together a little all-star game with those, some of those young kids, and they got to play against the Winnipeg Police team, which is uh, always good. The Boys and Girls Club does uh, yeoman's work in keeping uh, young kids active and involved in, in a positive environment and uh, to give them that chance to play and see the uh, a police officer in a different setting uh, definitely was an opportunity to break down some barriers and, and use our sport of basketball to do that. So it was a, a neat weekend with that. And uh, actually happening uh, this evening is something that's also unique in a, in a camp-oriented uh, setting. Uh, the Black History Month people of Manitoba that are coordinating the uh, uh, a number of different um, activities tied to the recognition of Black History Month here in February uh, is running a free youth basketball camp at Marion School this evening with uh, uh, Westman players uh, from the University of Winnipeg Westman basketball teams being part of that uh, that's going on this evening. So a couple of unique things that are happening that are uh, a little different than your normal just uh, traditional games of basketball using uh, the sport of basketball in all three of those conditions, uh, all three of those cases to uh, break down some barriers and uh, get more people active and involved in it and uh, enjoying the sport. That's an incredible way to use basketball to foster growth in the community, right? Like it's all about bringing people together and uh, those initiatives are definitely helping. Like NBA Cares does a lot of similar type of uh, type of things around this time of year. Yeah, it's been really good actually. The one on the NBA was here two times ago when uh, uh, the Pistons and Timberwolves were in town. This was probably about four years ago now. Uh, NBA Cares did a, a number of initiatives in the uh, in the inner city area, actually involving some of the boys and girls clubs as well. And uh, yeah, it's amazing what uh, uh, what you can do um, in in uh, bringing again, said certain people together and and uh, in, in sort of all with the same intent and same goal of just enjoying the sport and sort of putting some of our differences aside and, and uh, realizing that people uh, really aren't that different. They all have the same interests and desires to be active and, and enjoy something that we all have in common. And, and if we can use the sport of basketball to break down some of those barriers, uh, especially was neat with some of those Syrian girls who I think that's, uh, they definitely we just opened the newspaper and you can see the, the stories, of course, that uh, are every day. There's stories coming out of that region of, of, of negativity, and you can only imagine what some of these young girls have gone through. And, and uh, even in a good situation, a lot of times in those communities, uh, from where they're uh, uh, from where they originated, um, girls in sport is definitely not a priority. And uh, there's, it's, if there is sport happening in a, in a certain country like that. It's typically male-oriented or dominated, and, and girls really just sometimes some places. If you read some stories uh, in some uh, some countries, women or girls aren't even allowed to be present in a uh, to see a sporting event, let alone participate in it. And and uh, it was really neat to see some of these uh, smiley faces of of these young girls who can only can only imagine what some of the stuff they've seen and gone through to finally uh, become new Canadians. But then put a basketball in their hand and, and uh, give them that uh, a nice. Uh, warm welcome Canadian experience is uh, is always special. Without a doubt. Uh, Christine worked so hard on that, and by all accounts, it sounded like it was a really successful day. A lot of uplifting news going on. Good stuff happening. Yeah, always uh, good stuff happening. And uh, like I said, we're just right on the cusp of March Madness, so next week we'll have, uh, uh, we're heading into that time of year that we all love uh, from all levels of basketball, right from the NBA just hitting their stride in the uh, hitting the playoffs, and of course the NCAA March Madness will be uh, starting up and uh, uh, or getting going in about uh, ten days, and 
and then locally here, this, uh, most school teams and, and even club teams are switching into playoff mode, and that just makes these games that much more uh, enjoyable. And uh, that's the time of year that uh, it's uh, we love to be alive with the sport of basketball. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah, no doubt. Are we going to have uh, another basketball Manitoba pool for March Madness? Of course. We'll talk about that probably next week. We've done that for probably, I think it's almost 10 years now, where we open it up and have, uh, we usually have usually four or 500 people part of that. We don't charge. It's just for the enjoyment. We have some prizes we put up. But it's the biggest uh, March Madness pool. We like to say in Canada, uh, nobody's uh, disputed me on saying otherwise, so I'll go with, <laughs> uh, go with that until somebody says otherwise. Uh, but it's uh, it's fun. It just makes uh, an enjoyable, fun three weeks of ball uh, even more exciting. And uh, uh, it's, it's the one time a year. I think that's what, uh, as much as I, I, I'll still throw some criticisms towards the NCAA with some of the rules that they play under, and and it seems a little archaic and compared to say what the NBA uses or even what our FIBA basketball rules play under. Uh, but uh, hats off to that system of of the most insane tournament of seeing. Uh, 64 plus teams uh, all playing a single game knockout over three weeks. It doesn't get more exciting than that. And there's always a school or two that you've never heard of that becomes. Uh, uh, you always look, we're always looking for those Cinderella teams that uh, right now we've probably never heard of that team, but in three weeks will all of a sudden be very well known of the, the fighting armpits of Southern Chattanooga or wherever. You've never heard of schools, but they eventually will become like, wow, they were what a team. Look how far they got it to the 16s and the 8s and whatever. So, uh, no fun, doubt. Fun time for the game. It's, uh, yeah, it's an exciting part of uh, time of year for basketball. And, yeah, good luck to uh, all the local teams uh, going at it in the Final Four for Canada West this weekend. Thanks for stopping by again, Adam. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. You bet. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Take care, Adam. You too. Take care.